0: Hey guys, I'm Megan. And I'm Dana. And welcome back to Scary Stories to Tell Your Sister. How are you doing i'm doing very well how are you i'm good another day i'm off of work so we're recording earlier in the week which is nice we're also recording in the daytime so there's sun out for me and there was like a torrential downpour today in oh. the morning so i gotta sleep in when it was like pouring rain oh. and that's I'm so nice went to daycare this morning today so i didn't have to like take him out in the rain or like d- take care of anything <laughs> Oh, that's so – I mean, right. I did, like, housework stuff, but, like, there wasn't, like, a living creature that was, like, I need I need to be comforted and played with. Right. Just, just me. But Abby got off work early today, too, because the rain was so bad that some of the roads were flooding. So her boss was like, go. Go home. Don't get stuck. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I heard that, like, in D.C. yesterday, everybody was sent home because there was – supposed to be like really bad weather and this lady you know of course everybody on TikTok is like conspiracy or well, at least the side of TikTok I guess that I'm on and-, <laughs> and they're like this lady's like and look at the weather it's like perfectly sunny and I was like oh yeah that is strange so I looked it up but I did see some some yeah. cloudy weather and there were supposed to be like tornadoes and stuff yeah and I saw couple tornadoes that oh yeah and I feel like the thing is if They didn't send them home, and it was bad. They like look at that working us to the bone type thing, you know. Yeah, there's always there's always a conspiracy or something like that out there. We should know. We talk about them all the time. Not those kind of conspiracies. We talk about Denver airport conspiracies and Bigfoot, but you know, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's so hot. It's so hot. I can't even tell you how hot it is because, like, I'm in my car. And I'm driving home literally 45 minutes straight. And the, you know how it tells you the little temperature? Yeah. The the temperature in your car? Yeah. Or maybe it's outside. I don't really know what it's telling you. If it's. It's telling you the temperature outside of your car area. Because I know that sometimes when you're like, I know for me, I noticed that like if if your car's sitting in the hot sun for a while, when you get in, it'll read a higher temperature than when you're driving. Okay. The temperature's actually like this average. Okay, right. So, I'm thinking, okay, I get into the car and it says 105. Fine, Ooh, whatever. I, fine. No, I know. But I'm thinking to myself, it's going to cool down, you know, yeah. on the drive home. 45 minutes. Yeah. No. The lowest it got was 102. It was so hot. No. Yeah. I remember seeing some people showing like they're like 105, 106. And I was like, ugh. I wonder if that's like the heat index for you. Sorry. <laughs> that is... I mean, I, just, I wanted to look real quick to see what your heat is. Like, Ooh, right now... The Holy Great Hope Diamond. Like, I was going to while you looked up the weather. Oh, thank you. Like, right now where we are, it's, seven, it's 81, but feels like 87 because it's humidity. It's humid. We're 98, and it feels like... Oh, the humidity is only 50%, but, but it, it feels, feels- like... 100 yeah mom's mom's area the heat index is 108 yeah that is disgusting and unsafe and people say global warming isn't real it is it's really really hot and it feels like like god's hot breath oh no not hot breath oh well It's been raining here, which definitely put me in the mood because I was able to finish my research for this episode, which I was very excited about. I was going to go in one direction. I was going to go with some superstitions, but Uh I didn't. I had, like, earlier this week, I was watching something with Abby, and I was like, this is it. This is going to be my topic. And so I have been, like, researching and watching things on it. But today was the perfect kind of, like, it was the like cherry on top of finishing it, which was great because it was nice to have a slow go to it and really flesh it out. And I definitely did because this is actually a really, really long one. And I can't wait to see, I can actually see you, to see your react in some of the parts because I thought it was a scary one pre-Digging Deeper. And then I dug deeper and I said, oh, okay, yeah, more, more frights. So being able to see you like react to it is going to be great. and I'm very excited to hear yours because I hear, I heard the grapevine that yours is a little fun. So how did you hear? I have my ways. That's so interesting because I don't think I told anybody. Are you psychic? Something. All right. You ready? (laughs) I'm ready, Freddie. All right, so today I'm going to share with you a few stories that all center around time. Some people have experienced missing time and or time slips. Others have seemingly known of events as though they'd already taken place, but really hadn't. And some of these stories do have connections to sightings of UAPs, all equally intriguing and without further ado let's just get into it let's do it and also i love that you call them uaps we all know what they are they're ufos ufos but they are but we have to move forward with the times dana i don't know they're uap now anyways the first one starts like this this one hit a little closer to home and i'm still questioning my sanity slash memory This evening, my friend Kay texted me that a former student of mine had been arrested for a certain misdemeanor. It was a real surprise to both of us, who'd have never expected such a thing from this particular student. We texted back and forth a few minutes, and this was while I was in Austin with my husband. We had just finished up at one place and were heading to another place when Kay and I were texting. I said nothing to my husband until a few hours later, and we were at a friend's house when the general subject of crime came up. I turned to my husband and said, Oh, yeah, one of my students. And before I could even finish, he said, I know, he, and he inserted the specific crime. D- did I, does that make sense to you, Nina? Yeah, like, so she hadn't said anything to him, but he was like, Oh, yeah, he did XYZ. Yeah, I just saw you make a face, so I was like... I was um, thinking about, like, what I would do if someone did that, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I'll ask you at the end what you would do. Okay. But anyway, How did you know, I asked. You told me, he said. When? Last week. I tried to explain. I had only just learned about this when Kim texted me earlier. He insisted that not only had i told him last week but the two of us had even gone online to see if it had made the news yet he even knew that it happened he even knew that it had happened in the very location that it had happened in a detail he could not have guessed he said we did this search from his office in the study we haven't found any trace of the alleged online search On any of our computers. I have no idea where this memory of his comes from. I only know that if I had known about the incident, I'd have told Kay before going home and telling my husband. The fact that she was the one that told me proves to me I didn't know until then. Furthermore, I wouldn't have known about the incident until it made the news. So Dina, how would you react to that? I'm trying to think. I know, obviously, sometimes we're like, we're forgetful and stuff like that. But like, could she go back in her phone and be like, okay, what's just text me? This is what happened. And I'm trying to think about how I would react. Because it's like, did I forget it completely? But also the fact that they, they had no record of the search happening. I know. That's so strange. I think now, that gives me pause more so. Right. Now, has something like this ever happened to you where like, you're you receive a text or something. This okay, so this this happened to me. <clears throat> and I was talking about it with mom because something similar happened to her. I have to ask her what it was because now I can't remember what exactly it was. But I texted somebody and they responded. And you know how like you can look at your phone and see the response before you even open up the the text. Yes. But you need, like a, a little snippet of it. Yeah, you only the preview. A preview, thank you. Mm -hmm. And so I saw that from somebody, and I saw a very specific emoji and some words, and I was like, oh, okay. So I opened it up to read it, and the text wasn't even there. And then a few seconds later, that individual then texted me, but I had felt the vibration. I saw the text, and it wasn't like, oh, well, maybe you got a text from somebody else. No, there was no text there. What happened there? But also what when the individual texted you post emoji, was it the same text or different text altogether? It was a different text. And I even texted them right after. And I said, I just got another text from you with you using this emoji. And they were like, Nope. I'm like, okay, I'm losing my mind. That's weird. I wonder if like I don't think you like you I don't think you would have deleted it by accident, like swiping. No, and they had said that they did not send me that emoji. Because I specifically yeah. asked, did you just send me a text with this emoji? Because I was thinking the same thing. Maybe I deleted it or, yeah. you know, something happened, something, a glitch happened in the phone. But no, nothing. I don't know You what know, happened. sometimes, like, you and I have had glitches happen where it's that you said you responded and I said, no, I haven't gotten it on my end type thing. And I've, like, shown you screenshots of things. And, like, sometimes yeah. texts, like, go away. But... I feel this one's different, though, because, like, I'm forgetful sometimes, but I don't think I'd be forgetful if, like, one of my students or, like, one of my, you know, someone I knew was arrested or something criminal happened. Yeah, and not that like, far, like, it, it, maybe a couple years later, you would say, like, oh, yeah, I forgot they died or, oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot this. But this was just a week later. Yeah, and she's texting the person and she, oh, she it's not like, and I feel sometimes like, if I forgot something happened and, like, say, you, if I'm driving with Abby and say you texted me, it's like, oh, did you hear that so-and-so got arrested? I'd be like, oh, my God, I completely forgot. You're right. I heard last week. They did, like, when someone will ask you, it'll jog it again. But right. There was no, like, re, re-jogging of, for that. And I feel like that's a sign in itself. Like, she was like, oh, my God. You know, and then it later, like, yeah, they got like how did you know and like i feel like another thing that'd be interesting to see is when it happened i was just about to say that when it ha- when the when the kid actually you know, When the crime committed- was committed yeah mhm because did the kid commit the crime after the husband had said oh, yeah you told me this last weekend yeah, did, it happen- like, did it did it happen in between that time right yeah
1: and, and I, I
0: feel like also I'd be like, did and I asked the husband, like, was it on the news yet? Wasn't the was there an article? Because of the right. like, do you remember seeing anything about that? Right. I, like, because like I don't remember seeing anything. It's like there's one, there's there's one too many things that are like she doesn't remember. Yeah. Right. So I'm moving on to the next one. And here goes. Ready. Truly the strangest experience I ever had. A little background. I had recently moved in with some friends after losing a very well-paying job. I was working as an assistant manager at a little country seafood restaurant at the time of this event. I spent a lot of time walking and meditating. And I mean sometimes five to six hours a day walking through woods and around rural areas on the outskirts of my hometown. I just want to pause right there, because when I was researching this, I was thinking to myself, is this walking happening, like, during work? I'm so confused. I, I think it's probably, like, when she's off shift, because, she's like, she came from a high-paying job and then went to this job. She probably has, like, different hours. And it's probably oh, she's okay. not on that she's, like, just meandering, contemplating life. Gotcha. I will give you the sequence of events as I experience them. I kept a journal at the time. I get to work Wednesday evening and I begin getting everything ready to open. Right before opening, Officer Anonymous comes to the door and rings the bell. Restaurant is set up in an old colonial style house. I let him in and I set him up and made small talk. I asked where his partner was. They usually come in together. Okay, I was like, that's really weird. Like, hey, where's your, where's your partner, officer? But he's a regular, <laughs> so, okay. Right. He tells me, Officer Anonymous 2 passed away the night before. He had a stroke in his driveway. As a teen, I had some interesting encounters with this officer. Me, Black Trans Am, pot and rock and roll, and him, hard-nosed country ser- sheriff. Nope, not country, county. Okay. <laughs> I cannot. Hold on. I'm struggling. (laughs) I'm struggling. Struggle. Um, Me. (laughs) Me. You. (laughs) Me, Black Trans Am, pot and rock and roll, and him, hard-nosed county sheriff. So it affected me enough to write about it in my journal and tell the owner of the restaurant about it. Thursday passed with no incident. Friday, I turn the corner, entering the front room at the restaurant, and lo and behold, Officers Anonymous 1 and 2 are sitting there waiting to be set up. I look like I'm seeing a ghost. Officer Anonymous 2 asks if I'm okay, and I say, I heard you were dead. He says, well, oh, sorry. He says, well, no one told me, and laughs it off. Mm-hmm. Now I'm thinking his friend must have played a sick joke on me. I'd be so, so go- mad if that was okay. I know, because that is not a funny joke. We don't joke about death, no. Right? So I go back and I confront Officer Anonymous 1, and he denies ever saying anything. I ask my boss if he remembers me telling him about it, and he says no. I go home and check my journal. There it is in the Wednesday journal entry. Okay, I'm a little freaked out. Saturday evening, at work, Officer Anonymous 1 comes in alone. I ask, where's your partner? He proceeds to tell me Officer Anonymous 2 passed away Friday night after leaving the restaurant. Stroke in his car, in his driveway. Has no recollection of me confronting him. Boss has no recollection of anything weird. Monday, I checked the obituary. He died Friday evening. I had told my journal, or I'm sorry, I had told my journal. I mean, she did, technically. They did tell their journal. <laughs> not, You're not wrong. I, right? Had to hold my journal next to the paper just to really get a grasp on what had just happened. So yeah, with her... It was almost like a premonition, but except it seemed more like it It was like a groundhog day of premonition. Yeah. It was like, like, Oh, nope, hasn't happened yet. No, not yet. And also she's like, No one's like, No, I don't remember that, don't remember that, don't remember that. And she's like, I'm keep telling you all, this is happening. Right. It's like a uh, final destination, except not. Oof. Yeah. It's like um... It reminds me a little bit of that one movie with, I forgot her name. What is her name? She is a girl. Okay. And she is in this movie that is basically like Groundhog Day, but it's more of a drama. And she wasn't like a nice girl in high school. Oh, Before I Fall. That's a book. Yes. Huh? It's a book. Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I liked that one. Yeah. Okay. Next story. Bum, bum, bum. As usual, the long workday was coming to an end and I was dutifully putting the last load of laundered clothes away in our bedroom when I heard a ruckus on the baby monitor just a few feet away from me. I thought it was strange when I knew my husband and toddler were both in the living room quietly watching TV as my two-year-old drifted silently off to sleep curled in my husband's lap as he caught the evening news. The bedroom door was straight in front of me, and I could see all the way down the hall to my husband and son in the lazy boy chair as this ruckus over the monitor continued. It didn't take long for me to realize the sounds were very familiar. Earlier in the day, I was in my toddler's bedroom putting a load of folded clothes into the drawers and picked up some stray toys and books that weren't being played with at the time. As I was doing so, I was telling my son about the story of Jack and the Beanstalk for the first time. Now, I stood in disbelief as I heard the drawers being pulled open and shut Mm. and rustling of the toys and books being put into their proper places. But I nearly fainted when I heard my son's voice over the monitor. I kept looking back and forth at my husband and (laughs) my now-sleeping son in the chair in the living room and the monitor sitting on my dresser that was literally replaying the specific event from earlier in the day. So the monitor is a standard baby monitor. That's my next question. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. Not from Walmart and is not a recorder, but instead monitors the sound coming from the room as though as they are happening at present time only. I listened as my voice retold the story of Jack and the Beanstalk and listened with familiarity as my son responded in baby talk to the tale he had never heard before. The incredible part was this all happened five hours earlier on that same day. I quickly called my husband into the room as he listened to the last part of the story with my voice coming through the monitor and our son's coos and chuckles. He stood stunned and turned his head to look at our sleeping son flopped peacefully over his shoulder. In disbelief, he asked, how in the hell? As his voice drifted off, trying not to miss a thing. I just stared at him in disbelief, and we both just shook our heads. This has never happened before or since, and became pretty clear from the beginning that we were listening to some kind of warp in time. I never imagined in a million years that I would be witness to it, and must admit, if it should happen to you, it is indeed one of the most incredible moments one can ever experience. Ooh, that gave me chills because I was like, "Oh, maybe the monitor," because like I obviously we're both nannies, and some of the monitors, at least your kids, have Wi-Fi. Now. Yeah, like I have Wi-Fi, I can like see. It's video and sound, and some of them like record snippets of things. Like when sound records, yeah. it records it. Like they'll like be like, "Oh, here's a recap of your day" type thing. But it's always like fast forward type thing. Mm-hmm. But obviously, that's like the older kind, you know. Sorry, Wednesday. yeah. Abby's on the way back with our boy. Mm-hmm. So might- yeah, but it didn't seem like that at all. Like no, the seemed- fact that like her husband witnessed it too. Like, that he came. Because, like, you know, sometimes, like, oh, and then when someone else came, it just stopped. Right. her husband was able to come from down the hall and um, with the child, still sleeping, and be like, yeah, that's his voice. Yeah, that's your voice, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's so weird. Right. And it wasn't just, like, and it seemed to go on for a bit. Yeah. Like, it wasn't, like, it was just a snippet, and then once she called her husband over, it just stopped. Yeah, it, and it wasn't like, you know, how, like, some toys that can record things, maybe it was hit, but also, if that's the case, too, what made it go off, you know? Right? Oh, that's true. I never thought about that. Yeah. You know, like, some toys like record, I was like, okay, if that's your explanation, like, oh, it must have been recording. I'm like, what recorded it? One. Two. What set it off? Right. So, yeah. Next up. Not mine, but my grandma and her mom in new hampshire around the time around the same time that betty and barney hill had their ufo encounters driving down the road late at night bright lights in the sky start to converge up ahead as the radio scrambles and the gauges and lights go haywire then the car stalls out both ladies are fixated on the ball of light in the road and five minutes later they come out of their trance-like state the lights shoot back into the sky the car starts back up, and they realize that the five minutes that they zoned out was actually one to two hours. Neither were the type to bullshit and would likely dismiss the next guy for making such a claim up, and they had their but they had their own experience. So that was a little shorty, but still, mm-hmm. but you know, it's like no. two grand. Yeah, it's grandma's, and like, yeah, they'll be like, oh no, it was a weird thing. It reminds me of Have you seen the trailer for the new exorcism movie? The, the yes. exorcism movie. Obviously, i will not be seeing that, but our cousin sent me the trailer and I watched it at daytime. And like, I was like, mm, I'm officially creeped out because I was just seeing you know, them. They're like how, like, how long? Like, what were you doing? You were gone. And it was like, It was only gone for a couple of hours. And they're like, No, you were gone for a couple of days. And it's like, No yeah that's the worst yeah yeah so would you ever see that movie if somebody was like hey do you want to come over and watch this absolutely not no and the reason why I don't mess with demons okay I was wondering if it was because you were concerned that you would like bring something home with you maybe I don't I don't know about that that aspect but I feel like I don't want to invite anything being like oh I'm willing to do this you know (laughs) Yeah, uh, no, I don't mess with the demon stuff. I'll yeah. like, yeah, no. I don't, I feel like there's like, there's different levels of being like, oh, here's a really creepy story I heard, or that versus me being like, I'm gonna watch this movie <laughs> that the Lord dead inside of me. I don't like being, I like thrillers and sometimes I like scary movies. Sometimes I don't yeah. think I, I don't, I'll tell you this, I don't seek out being scared for enjoyment. Sometimes I'm like, oh, this seems like a movie that I might want to be a little scared about. But more often than not, I don't take out being scared. And especially when it comes to demonic entities. I'm like, no, I'd rather not. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be the person who's like, F around and find out. I don't want to find out. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I I don't mind seeing those kind of movies because I feel like they're, I know that they're not real. You know what I mean? And I don't feel a connection, if that makes sense like I feel I also feel like I live a life that's not like a a dark life where I you're not you're not welcoming it in to your life in a way exactly I think because you're not going into it with the belief that opening up you're not you're not going in with a belief and an opening for it so I feel like you have the mindset that like it's not going to do anything yeah that's exactly what I feel like so um, i don't... then sorry I, I was just going to say, I don't mind seeing those movies. Mm-hmm. Um, we're like, I, I do like when I'm sitting there, I say this and I sound so like, please, I am not afraid of anything. But <laughs> I, I'm afraid. I'm scared. I'm sitting there afraid. I But I will go see the movie. Mm-hmm. But I will not go to like, if people, you know how you were saying, I don't enjoy being scared. Yeah. I, uh, I don't think I could go to Halloween Horror Nights because I think I would literally shit my pants i think i just cry i just cry the entire time i went to not halloween horror nights i inadvertently went to something like that years ago when i was visiting friends in new york we went to six flags so this fest has had to be maybe like 10 years ago we went to six flags i think in jersey and it was in september maybe the end of september and apparently, it was just the beginning of, like, their version of Halloween Horror Nights. Oh. And it wasn't a separate thing. So, like, at one, like, so we were there all day. And then at one point, once the sun goes down, like, these sirens start. <gasps> and I was, like, what is happening? They're like, oh, it must be, like, the scare fest thing happening. And I said, and we're done. <laughs> and yeah, there was, like, people, like, walking around with, like, fake chains. I was, like, no. No, 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 Nope." nope, that was nope I was like, we made like a human chain, and I was like, I'm in the middle. I don't want to. Be, so I was like, get me out of here. I've changed because back in the day, remember when I came to visit you and they had the corn we went maze. To the corn, yeah, they had the option to go into the corn maze, and there was the safe corn maze and then the haunted corn maze. Right, and I really wanted. to, I think I really wanted to see the haunted corn maze, didn't I? You did, and I said you can go by yourself. I was like, you can yeah. go on your merry own way. <laughs> I don't think I can do that anymore. Yeah, no. And I feel like on the topic of the movies, at least, I think like that especially when they're based on like true things, I'm always like, well, what if they carry something on? because I, I want to cover it one time, but like the quote unquote curses of certain movies and things like that, like how like they say the exorcism was cursed or the poltergeist yeah. thing was cursed, things like that. Idina, I don't believe it, and let me tell you. Oh, you (laughs) look. I I do not. No, okay. I am certain and confident that if you keep yourself in the light and you know that these things are not invited into like your realm, Mm -hmm. then you don't have to worry about it. Well, I mean, like, what are the people who. are not like dabbling in black magic and doing that like, you cr- know of. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, You're I'm not. not. Act- you know what I'm saying? You're not actively engaging in like some sort of dark. Yeah. No, I get your saying. But I still feel better safe than sorry. That is understandable. And understandable. That is understandable. And you do whatever is good for you. <laughs> okay. Next story, I grew up in Michigan. When I was maybe 10 or 11 years old, I went to dinner with my grandparents one night at a country diner and truck stop outside of town. We finished dinner and left the restaurant around 9 p.m. It normally took 20 minutes to drive from the restaurant back to drop me off at my mom's house. We arrived there around 2 a.m., Neither I nor my grandparents knew what happened to those five hours. Five? In fact, I didn't know it was 2 a.m. until we walked into the house and my mom was freaking out thinking we had gotten into a car wreck or something. Same, mom, same. I vaguely remember seeing strange lights in the sky at one point and about a third of the way home, at about a third of the way home. Around that same time, the baseball game that was on the radio suddenly was replaced by late-night, easy-listening music that the local station played after midnight. Ah, Music for the heart. Is that how it goes? Love somebody, love someone tonight with Delilah. (laughs) Did I make up music for the heart? I think you did. I like it. That came from your heart. That did. (laughs) (laughs) Many... (laughs) is happy (laughs) many years later i found out that event coincided with a rash of ufo sightings around my hometown the end to that one that was it to that one i don't know how i feel about that one i don't want to lose five hours of time i want to speak to the grandparents and i want to find out when everybody woke up were they just driving again Right? That's scary. I know they always say that, I was listening to a podcast recently, and they talk about how, like, sometimes the loss of time or whatever, they used to prop a different term, and I forgot what it was exactly, but it's, like, when, like, you're driving somewhere, and you get there, and you're, like, how the hell did I get here? It's, like, I I was driving, but I don't remember, like, what turns I took and things like that. Yeah. And it's, like, almost like your body's, like, doing like self-preservation something and I wonder if it's the same thing a lot of the times you'll find with like UFOs or UAP stories that it's like they're in the car and something's happened and like time has passed or the car's inside the road though but Mm -hmm. I wonder if they had I wonder if it was like they pulled like they quote-unquote came to and as they pulled up you know right yeah that's true I also they obviously like we don't check our mileage and we're not like we're at two thousand miles let's see you know how far yeah true i know sometimes what i do when i fill up the gas tank i'll like restart to see how much how many miles go for the gas that's just me and my my neurodivergent brain i don't do that just because i drive so much because i'm old apparently abby said (laughs) <laughs> I don't do it because I drive so, so much. I'm like, oh, I don't want to see how many miles I've put on my poor car, but I'm so grateful for my car. I thank my car every day for getting me where I need to go and that it, yeah. it's so good. It's a good, it's a good baby. It's a, it's a Prius. It's the best it can be. Yeah, I love Priuses. I know you do. They're wonderful. Anyways, mm-hmm. missing time. One of my most inexplicable experiences. For context, when I was in high school, I lived with my mom in my childhood home, which was in the middle of nowhere. My bus ride was over 40 minutes, and my yeah. house the end of a dead-end road with only four other houses on it. Normally, my mom worked weekdays and would be leaving before I went to the bus. But shifts had been switched around for some reason, which sometimes happened. I woke up at 6.50, as normal. Got ready and left the house at 7 30. I remember specifically my mom was loading the dishwasher when she said goodbye to me. I walked to the beginning. No, I didn't walk to the beginning. <laughs> I walked I walked down to the beginning of the of our dead end road, which was a two to three minute walk at the most. Across the road was Presumably still is a crappy public beach on a very small isolated lake. The beach is where the bus stop is. The bus came at 740 every day. Mine was one of the first stops, so it was almost always exactly on time. I got to the bus. I got to the bus stop as normal. I was the only one who got picked up there, and no houses were visible from the stop. Oh. This was 10 or 11 years ago, so I had no cell phone yet. I know some people do, or I'm sorry, I know some people did by then, but part of the reason I didn't was because there was no reception where I lived. Makes sense. I didn't have a watch either, but obviously I was used to the time the bus came at. Soon I felt the time had definitely passed, but I waited another few minutes to make sure. I still couldn't even hear the bus. Once or twice there'd be a substitute bus driver and the bus came extremely early. So I figured that must have happened. It was obviously not coming though. So I walked back. Keeping an ear out of keeping an ear out of course as I went but still no bus. I get back to the house. It should be about 7:50. I open the door and my mom has just started the dishwasher. Little clock on the front Showed only one minute into the cycle, and it was wiping, and she was wiping the counters. She's really surprised to see me. How could I have missed the bus when I left with so much time before it comes? I'm equally confused about that. How could I have? Did I just make sense in your brain? Yeah, like she's saying, how could you miss the bus if you left with ample time before it came? Okay. I'm equally confused. She isn't mad at all because she just watched me leave with plenty of time to catch the bus and says she'll drive me to school. She has errands to do anyway in town, so no problem. This is when she glances up at the kitchen clock, same when I checked my leaving time on when she was saying bye to me and says, what? Because it's three minutes to 9 a.m. We stare at each other, in stunned silence is the clock broken somehow we soon realize all the clocks are the same the mm-hmm. clock in the car is also the same i end up being an hour late for school my mom refuses to talk about this even when it happened nervously laughing it off as weird she hates slash seems afraid of any paranormal stuff Isn't And our al- mommy <laughs> right and has always been that way she would get upset if I even talked about any paranormal things like they were real. No idea what happened here. I didn't notice any mysterious injuries after the event or anything, and I didn't see or hear anything strange during it either. Bing bong bang. I think not seeing anything is also weird too. Like like what what was it? What was what was it for, you know? Right. What do you want with me? Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. What you got for me, Dana? You oh, it's my work? turn? I'm ready. Okay. So like I said at the beginning, I was going back to Old Faithful recently. And the first scary love of my life was in my was in my viewing pleasure. His name is Robert Stack. And this past weekend, Abby okay. and I do like a Sunday reset. Kind of like cleaning up. And I was like, hey, I want to put like unsolved mysteries on in the background. I feel it's a great thing. So I looked up. Certain episodes. And I found this one and I said, this is the one. It's so the last episode. We were in Michigan. And this one is still in the States and it's still a place, but it's moving all the way to the West Coast to California. Side note, I really think you can tell a lot about someone based on the song they think of when you say California. Okay. What California. Do you think yeah. <laughs> So that was my first one, California with a Phantom Planet. Yeah, what does it say about me? I don't know. I just I think it also says like your age too. I feel like and your demographic, because okay. like the first one to my mind are. Go ahead. I was gonna say the second one that came to my mind mm-hmm. was Welcome to the Hotel California. Interesting. Okay, so there's four that I thought of. Though there's probably more people like oh I think of this song. But the first one was California by Phantom Planet, which is from The OC, obviously, which is a huge cultural thing for millennials. Then the second one I thought of was California Love, California Love. But you, oh, I thought you didn't think about that one. California my Girls brain completely. California Girls by Katy Perry or Hotel California the by Boys. the Eagles. Oh, I just thought you meant Beach Boys. No, the Eagles. Wasn't the California Girls by the Beach Boys, too? Oh, there is a California Girl. There's a California one by the Beach Boys. Just pause real quick. Isn't it called California Girls? It might be. There's California Dreamin', too. I didn't think about that one. And Californication. I don't think it's called... Is it... West Coast Girls, right? Yeah. West Coast girls. girls mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that one. You're welcome, okay. everyone. <laughs> so anyway, we're in California. We're old. And <laughs> this episode, this topic, I remember from an old Unsolved Mysteries. But I don't think we fully watched it because it's all about the ghost. And, but I remember it enough. So I don't know if you remember it as well. It's in a famous location. On The Sunset Strip in West California, it's known as the Comedy Store. It's oh, known as the jumping off point for many famous actors and comedians. Like, I'm gonna name a few, I'm gonna do a lookable name dropping here that came up during that era and still to this day. It's still a thing, it's still there. The Comedy Store, Ooh. but we have Robin Williams, David Letterman, Jay Leno, Gary Shandling, Paul Mooney, Michael Keaton, Howie Mandel, Louis Anderson, Jim Carrey arsenio Ar- hall roseanne and more so a whole bunch and like it's very but basically it's like a regular who's who of who's in comedy kind of thing yeah and if you were chosen to be a quote paid regular there's a lot of signatures on the wall if you look at the place now it's like a black building with these white signatures all around oh that's um, cool yeah but regardless of the years and the people coming and going and like it's still there like i think whitney cummings and like Joe Rogan, other like people have been there. Like I've never seen the list and like Whoopi Goldberg and people all have performed at the comedy store. But regardless, people coming and going, something more ominous lingers long after the laughter fades. And as former employees say, the place is haunted from the basement to the rafters. So let's take it. Let's turn the pages back on the comedy store to before it came into existence. And before we get into it, I want to make note that this story does touch on some heavier topics of murder, suicide, and drunk driving. So I'm going to leave that there. So if you need a proper heads up before it's there, you're ready, before we dive back into the history of the place. The place is located at 8433 Sunset Boulevard in West Hollywood, California. In 1935, Club Seville opened its doors. And it was a popular nightclub until five years later, it was remodeled and reopened in 1940 as Ciro's, which is a place to be when it was a hot, 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 hot Hollywood night spot to be. And once again, I'm going to just do name names and show you how popular this place was and like hot, who hot, went hot. there. Hot, hot, hot. We have Marilyn Monroe, Humphrey Bogart, Lauren Bacall, Frank Sinatra, James Dean, Ava Gardner, Sidney Poitier, Lucille and Desi Arnaz, Spencer Tracy, Joan Crawford, Betty Gable, Betty Grable, Marlene Dietrich, Clark Gable, Ginger Rogers, Ronald Reagan, Dean Martin, Jerry Lewis, Mickey Rooney, Cary Grant, Judy Garland, Jimmy Stewart Love of my life and Lana Turner. So, it was like the who's who of Hollywood. It was yeah. like a place to be. They had like a large bandstand that had like a set music playing all the time to like set the mood. There was phone jacks at every table, so if people needed important phone calls, they could. And there That's was like, so a spotlight funny. at the at the entrance that was like, so everyone who came in was greeted. It's like, oh, you walk in the spotlight type thing. Aww. But there was like a woman. There was like a hidden woman's parlor, and again, there was more things hidden because this place was a hot spot for more than just Hollywood also the mob Ooh. so there was hidden gambling parlors by that were designed because of a mobster named johnny roselli and he wasn't the only gangster that was a regular at zeroes and funded money towards it but there was also they, people, yeah is it i is it zeros or zeros at it's c-i-r-o c okay see C- zeros okay. so we have bugsy siegel who was a friend of fan and a future business partner of wilkerson who was the owner of zeros and when he wasn't in jail he also frequented zeros and according to some reports the son of wilkerson had this to say about a uh, bugsy siegel it says when he was awaiting trial for murder in 1941 he refused to eat jail food and had the club deliver its food to his cell <laughs> he writes and i quote and virginia hills Siegel's paramour frequently rented zeros for parties counting five thousand dollars out in one thousand dollar bills into wilkerson's hand and telling him that he if he had any other events scheduled for the night she wanted it was too bad Ooh-hoo. i'm like no it's mine now so a who's who of hollywood and much like old hollywood with the glitz and the glamour there was the undercurrent of mob ties and secrets. So notorious mobster Mickey Cohen, who went to California to work under Bugsy Siegel, was one of the few who, who were known to keep businesses at zeros. And as reported, there are still bullet holes leading down the stairwell to where they would supposedly, quote, deal with those who pose a threat to the dealings of the mafia in the basement, which we're going to circle back to later on because a lot of sinister things happened there. And that's, and that's why it's one of the one, one of the scarier places in the building. Mm. Not only did he deal with people down there, but it was also the rumored spot of illegal abortions at the time as well. Okay. And a lot of those did not be performed. They performed both illegally and a lot of the times unsuccessfully botched. Oh, okay, Maybe that's the term I was looking for. It's like, So Ciro's was there from 1940 until 1960 when it was closed and it was reopened a short time later to a rock and roll club in in 65 known as Ciro's La Disc. And then it was Kaleidoscope. Then it was It's Boss. And then finally in 1969, it was known as Patch 2. Not Patch 1, but Patch 2. But ask anyone what's the address and it's either Ciro's or the Comedy Store, which was running from 1972 until present day. So it was opened in April of 1972 by Sammy Shore and Rudy DeLuca, who were two comedians of their time. And it was reframed with a 99-seat theater, which was known as, which is still known as the original room. Mm. And then when Sammy Shore went through a divorce his wife mitzi in 1973 actually got operation rights of the club and a few years later she bought the adjoining space of the building that seated up to 450 people and that was known as the main room so we have the original room and the main room there's also the the showrooms have backstage dressing rooms there's a basement storage area below the stage in the first floor. There's also a kitchen and an annex off the kitchen. There are offices located on the second and third floors and a small venue known, known as the quote belly room. And this is where Mitzi would, back in the day, have female comedians perform at first because it was still mainly a, like a guy's guy thing. And she was very like pushing the boundaries. She would have like, Black comedians, queer comedians, when it was not a bigger thing to have it. And then she had women comedians in the belly room. And Mitzi rela- remained part of the comedy store until her death recently in 2018. She's actually Holly Shore's mother, the, the actor-comedian. Yeah. Yeah, that's his mom. So oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So like I said, this building has seen a lot of things. Lots of blood, violence, death, and in some cases, suicide. There was even a note I wanted to bring up that back when it was Ciro's or I think either Ciro's or one of the clubs, they even it got like so heated that there was a rule that individuals were only allowed to get to three fights a night. Oh my God. Like, like, like literally three strikes, literal strikes and you're out. And then you have the murder and the torture and whatever, you know, and Oh geez. back in the seventies, there was even a strike that happened. And there was a comedian that was really hooked by the strike and he committed suicide in the building next door. Like he, trigger warning for suicide, he jumped off the building next door and landed in the lot by Ciro's. Oh no. And it seems that those tied to this place who have died elsewhere somehow still have a sway on the place it seems. Now, I've read a lot of articles about this. I watched Unsolved Mysteries. I watched a ghost adventure show about it. So I want to share with you some of the creepy, creepy stories that have happened behind the comedy here. I'm so excited. Okay. So a lot of these, I don't know how it is now, but this is for what I heard in these tellings. So every night, about an hour before the club opens for patrons and staff, Sorry, for patrons. Mm. So every night, about an hour before the club opens for patrons, the staff would have to set up the tables and the chairs. And bear in mind, the story is told in the 90s and probably 80s. So the setup was a white tablecloth, an ashtray on each table, and sometimes candles. And more often than once, the waitresses would set all this up and walk away for a second, only to come back and everything was put back and refolded and stacked. (gasps) oh <gasps> so i'm like that's a lot of work that's so much work and i'm like part of me is like you're not a messy ghost at least, but also i have less than an hour to fill an entire room again and i, know. I don't and know like, if-, if you're gonna do that fine but like wait till the end I'm like, I'm like yes thank you let's close it up together but i'm like what room is this the main room or the original room because one of them seats 99 people and 450 you broke up dean Oh, sorry. I hit my. And part of me is like, "What room is it?" <laughs> because part of it's one of them is the original room, which seats ninety nine people. And the other one is the main one, which seats four hundred and fifty. Big difference. Like, that's a big difference, and a lot of tables. And then there's a comedian named Joey Gaynor. Who at the time also worked at the doorman for the club. A lot of these comedians work for the club as well. It's like they okay. do stuff. So it's like a, a hangout spot. But they also work for it. And they perform. Sorry. Abuela. Abuela, no, well, right? This is the ball. Yeah. All over her body. hmm So. okay, So he works at the dormant for the club. And by having this position... He was often one of the few remaining people who were there around closing time. And there was one experience he had when he was there at 3 a.m., which, you know, 3 a.m. is when all the fun stuff happens. I wouldn't want to be anywhere alone and aware at this time, let alone a place that is rumored to be haunted. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. it's just me leaving. But alas, dear Joey was there and he was getting ready to head out and lock up. And he goes to grab his coat or jacket from the room when he sees there's two candles that are remain lit on the table. So he goes over he's like, oh, I'll put them out. No big deal. He goes to leave and just happens to turn around and see the candles are lit once more. And he's thinking at this point, maybe he didn't blow them out like well enough. Yeah. To be lit, which reminds me of like that trick you can do with a candle where you blow it out. And if you light it very quickly, you can light the flame, like you light the smoke. Gonna relight re- it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So that if you blow it out and you like hold the match or the, whatever to the smoke that's like going, it'll relight the candle. That's cool. So he's like, okay, whatever. I'm gonna go make sure the embers are fully out, blow it out, and he's getting to the stairwell to leave when the air suddenly gets frigid. So he turns around on instinct. And the candles are lit once again. And unlike some of the people we've talked about before on the podcast who are always like really calm and like, okay, I'll do it again. Joey is us. He's a friend of a sister. And he says, (laughs) okay, stay lit. Goodbye. (laughs) And he leaves like, fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. shame. You know, it's like three times we're done. And this may be fooled again. again. Right. It's like, no. Okay. I get your point. We're good. Thank you so much. Bye. And this may be the... One of the first interactions Joey has, but it's not the last. In fact, a lot of these stories are with, like, Joey and some other comedians. There's another time where he was, once again, shutting down for the evening, and this time he was turning off the lights in the main room. And the setup for this is audience with the tables and chairs, the stage, and the light switch was, the panel was behind the stage. Mm -hmm. So he's just, like, briefly out of sight, out of mind. Not, like, minutes away, but, like, walk over, turn off. So... He goes to switch off the lights when he when he's heading back towards the stage. He sees a bunch of the chairs piled up on top of each other. Now, when I say this, I want to be clear: these aren't stacked up like chair and chair and chair like normally. Uh-huh. These are like Jenga style balance, like precariously perched. Oh, and he was adamant that about three things that night. He said he was only away from the room for like five to ten seconds. He didn't see or hear anyone enter the area, and moreover, he didn't hear the chairs even move. That is so scary because not even a human in five to ten seconds could stack chairs in such a precarious position. Quietly. And that short of time, right? Like, it's like it's like okay, it'd be one thing if you heard the movement and like someone was gone, like oh, that's kind of amazing. But like none of there was no part of it that made sense. The noise, the sight, the stacking ability mm. and he wasn't the only comedian who spent time as a doorman on the comedy store there was also a man named blake clark and we know him as chet hunter sean hunter's dad on boy meets world oh mm-hmm. so he is a comedian he also worked at the doorman here some time and he's friends with joey so more than more than being friends with joey he's also experienced the unexplainable both alone and with joey there's one time he was doing a walk through the main showroom before like closing up and he saw the quintessential comedian stool that sits on the stage start to move and spin around on the stage Ooh-hoo-hoo. and saw it dragged about 20 feet <laughs> and I, yeah and another he's like okay that's happening and another what would time, you do what would I do I'd be like hmm I think I just start laughing uncontrollably and probably peeing my pants. And I know I say pee my pants a lot, but I do pee my pants when I get really scared. (laughs) It'll probably happen. And another time he's there getting ready to close up once more. And he hears pianos going off in the belly room, that small room upstairs. So he is like, oh, my God. Someone got like locked in there and I try to signal that they're in there, be like, hi, I'm here. Yeah. So it was like, oh my God, I'm gonna go up there and unlock the door, which begs the question how intense was the piano banging? <laughs> like, bang, bang, bang. Because so it wasn't like just playing, it's banging. Cool. And I think I said this last week when we were recording, I don't know if I'm like ready and willing to go investigate. I'd be like, are you okay? It depends on what time of day or night it is. Yeah, this is like nighttime, I think, so I'd be more afraid. I'm scared. Uh, I'm not doing it. I would yell. It's dark in there, too. You know, it's it's like a dark comedy club. So he goes, but Blake is a great individual in this moment because he goes up and rushes up the stairs and unlocks the door. And the moment the door is unlocked and open, the noise just stops. And he's like, okay. So he steps into the room. And let's be clear, it's a small room. And he's like, there's no one in here. And as he turns to leave and lock up again, he hears the noise again. But the piano, he turns and knows the piano and it's not moving. Oh my God. Yeah. So like I said, these are when the two men were alone, but they've also had multiple experiences when they were together. I'm going to tell you one of them now and the other ones later, because these are different parts of the building. There was a time when Joey and Blake were working in the main stage area and just talking about some of the things that had happened to them and at this point it's mainly joey talking about the strange things that were happening and blake encouraging him to like not antagonize them but (laughs) joey was, was like don't don't bother them but joey being the comedian rises to the bait and the challenge and he begins to do what i should warn all of us not to do he yells hey come on out come on ghost show yourself come on <laughs> where are you meanwhile i'll be like i'm so sorry please go away maybe show me something nicely like a flick of the lights and then that's it i'm done by. <laughs> but i'm not joey and he is not me and i'm not in the comedy store because he does this and suddenly an ashtray rises from a nearby table and jettisons across the room at joey who thankfully ducks out of the way at the last minute while the ashtray shatters against the wall behind him. Yowza. So Joey thinks it's Blake throwing the ashtray at him to prove a point or make what a situation, but Blake was like, no, it wasn't me. And they realized that the angle on the throw was just from another angle of the room, and it was not Blake, but a spirit. Yeah. Ghost. And another time, Blake again was closing out uh, or in the main room while well, there's a comedian named Sam Kinnison still on the stage in the original room so he was in one room and Sam was in the other room and all of a sudden in the room Blake begins to hear the voices getting louder and louder chanting it's him it's him it's him no in an angry tone and apparently while this was happening some of the light and sound system was going in and out during Sam's set Now, I don't know when this happened exactly, like what year it was, but on a creepy and ironic note, Sam went on to pass away in the year 1992, and he's never meant to be one of the ghosts that resides in the building. Sam, they think he's one of the ghosts that's there too now, (gasps) which part of me is like, why were they chanting at him? Because part of my band goes to that theory about overlapping times. Yes. Like ghosts, And it's like, do they know that he would be there soon? Right. And so this is part. And then I was so I had that original story and then I was digging deeper and it made me so scared. Okay, Megan. Yeah, I'm I, read, ready. I read more about Sam Kinison. Apparently, prior to being comedian, he was a Pentecostal preacher. And he would start out his sermons really quietly and then grow into a crescendo at the pulpit and he took that kind of style to his comedy world too like that was what he's known for and i feel like the the chanting was like quiet quiet and then louder. <gasps> and, and the article says that what happened that night was that others besides blake heard the chants and sam had enough of it he said and he said he demanded that the spirits sh- who were chanting show themselves. And as he said that the entire theater was plunged into darkness. No. Mm-hmm. But wait, there's more. And it's so scary. Like I said, he died in 1992 at the age of 38. And it was when he, his new bride and his brother were driving and they were struck by a drunk driver. Oh. And in the impact, they weren't killed instantly. His wife was his, I think his wife and his brother survived. His wife was knocked unconscious, but Sam was awake. And his brother hurried to help him. Noise. And he said that Sam was talking to someone that only Sam could see. And he was saying, I don't want to die. And then like a two-sided conversation, there was a pause to which Sam questioned, but why? And when Sam once again waited for a response he waited and then with a quiet resolve he said his final words okay okay and then closed his eyes and died oh my god somebody was there with him yeah he was probably talking. like probably it's like it's it's time to go come on you know he's it's, like, I don't it's okay die. it's gonna I be like, okay but, why? but what's your time now but why and it's like what's you you know that's the He's like okay but don't worry about it you know it'll be you still fine. hang out at the come club on. you know <laughs> oh my god oh you can still hang out at the club Right. Stop. Um, And I was watching. So I also watched an episode of Ghost Adventure as well because they they visit the place like more recently. I think they visited it like in 2019 or probably 2021. I think because it was during the pandemic still. Because you could tell the way they were, they're masked up and like social distancing, like really hard. So they were there, and there was another actor and comedian who. His name just—I did not write it down. I'm so max. We we know who he is, so he is explaining to the cast and the crew his first hand encounters with the spirits and the and he said he was on stage one time talking about it. And he's on. He gets on the stage in the episode, and he's talking about the encounter. And He's talking about a fellow comedian who passed away, and on camera as he's talking about it, you see the lights that line the stage flicker and Evan like go off. Ooh, he's like, are you guys like fucking with me? And they're like, no, 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 no one's in the sound safe, no one's in there at all. They even go to check it out and like just happened that he was like, everyone's like genuinely freaked up. Yeah, was that in that theater, the comedy? Yeah, was it in the comedy store? The comedy store. So like yeah, the comedy store. he's there. They're 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 filming at the comedy store, and okay. there's like times where like Zach baggins is like a chill washes over him, and like things like people feel like a heavy weight on them, different things. There. Wow. Yeah. But, like, he, you, you see, it's, like, it's, like, a stage and it's, like, not aligned with, like, neon light type things. And then, like, it has, like, lights in the corner, like, design lights, you know? And you see them, like, like move. Wow. Yeah. But besides the ghosts, who may, in fact, be those who died, like, in the 90s and the friends, there are a lot who come from, like, further back in time. And those are the main ones. So the episode of Unsolved Mysteries... That once again that aired in the early 90s. They interviewed a man named Michael Becker, who at the time was the VP of the comedy store, and he mainly handled the business side of things. He was a firm non believer. Like he was talking about how all these stories came from comedians. So, with a huge grain of salt, he was like, the validity of the supernatural aspects of their stories could have been something of a joke on him. Like they're joking, they're making it like they're pulling my leg. But it all changed when he is one day standing outside of his office so his office it's like a door his office and then there's two desks outside of his office and he's standing outside the office with another guy and i think he's on the phone with one important call and someone's on the phone in his office so he's talking and all of a sudden he sees this man walk by who looks like he walked around out of the 40s so the tweed jacket walks right past him ignoring him and goes into his office he's like hey what are you doing so he hangs up the phone and he goes in. He's like, where'd he go? And the guy who's where there's like, what are you talking about? I won't it's just be on the phone in here. He's like, no, where'd that guy go? And he's like, it's a small office. There's no, there's only one way in and out. And so from that moment on, he's like, those five minutes were enough. They came a true believer in the supernatural entities that reside in the comedy store. Wow. Because there is also some other ghosts. Once again, Blake chet from boy meets world he is playing a video game in a room near the kitchen when all of a sudden he felt something watching him so in the corner he out of his eyes he sees a man dressed in a world war ii brown leather bomber jacket and he's like turning to talk to him and as he turns to talk to him, he realizes that he could see through him he's <gasps> not fully there and he's like huh and as he's looking at him the man kind of like fades away and that same afternoon another lady sees that man on the third floor office. And she says this time he was crouching in the corner, terrified. Oh, And again, he faded away before her eyes, which I don't know how I would feel seeing a ghost terrified because my brain is like, what do you, why are you so of? scared? Why yeah. are you afraid? <laughs> it's like, I don't like that. You're afraid. Ooh. Um, I don't want to know. So most of these ghosts seem to be like pranksters and like, like super harm, like not harmful or super like interacting with people. A couple of the spirits are like a woman who is frequently heard in the showroom. You hear whispering in people's ears, like talking. I don't uh, like that. And she does it so much. She's never seen, just like heard, like to the point. No, where I don't like, like. I don't want anybody whispering in my ear. Uh, to the point where people who work there are like, oh yeah, that's that's the girl. That's her. You know, they know her voice. And I read a quote from an article about her that I'm sure the author was just trying to like explain more about her, but it shattered my heart. It says, quote, the female spirit has never made anyone feel unsafe or threatened in any way. Rather, she seems only to want to be in the presence of the living. Well, that's sad. Okay, I don't mind her, but the whispering tickles my ears. Well, let me tell you, you would rather her whisper because... A lot of times, a lot of people think that she's also a lingering spirit of one of the people who was the victim of a botched abortion. Because besides the whispering, sometimes you hear her screaming. <gasps> from okay, beneath she, the can whisper. she can like, whisper. Like, from down below, you hear her screaming. And I'm like, whisper all you want. Another one of the friendly ghosts is thought to be none other than Steve Lubetkin, and he's the one who died by means of suicide in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's noted that he... By like several people who work there. And comedians who, who have performed there. That a lot of the pranks that the ghosts do. Fall in line to some of the ways that Steve would do pranks. And like he was known as a jokester. And would have fun with the employees. And it reminds me of like some of the things. Like you know how daddy would like joke around with like certain like waitresses and waiters. Like had, he had certain like a rapport with certain things. Like he would say certain things. Yeah. I feel like it was like that. But more of like a, like a higher prankster level. And a lot of the times he's been spotted watching the new comedians as they perform their their acts. Like he's sitting there watching them perform. Wow. And so it feels like he's like I'm still part of this club. I'm still here. Yeah. And also there's been several like male entities that have appeared in the main room of the floor of the club. They seem to be. <laughs> this is the one that's like okay. They seem to be still doing their job, which. I'm like, "Oh god, I don't want to be working as my job when I'm dead." Mm-mm. It's like, they, I love my job, but I love it. I'm dead now, so can I have like a vacation? Right? Let me travel. But they are their security it seems like, and they're dressed in the 40s suits and they're walking around the room, looking at the crowd and keeping an eye on the stage. And they hang around until they think, "Okay, everything is good." And once the once they're done looking around, they fade away wow so generally it's all kind of like jokey times you know minus the screaming which goes hand in hand because do you remember where i said the screaming came from basement basement because in the basement there is something that have been that has been described as very terrifying and most people do not go into the basement at all let alone by themselves because it is where the darkness happens once again, we're going back to old Balake Blake, Sean Hunter's dad. He was there again one night with another coworker when all of a sudden they hear this loud noise from the basement. So they're like, "Okay, we got to figure out what's happening." They rush to see and they see a locked gate that leads to the basement bowing out as it's been being pushed. Oh, and it's making a loud groaning metallic noise and bending in and out several times and that's metal it's a metal and he's frozen looking at it because what he's seeing and he also hears a guttural noise as well and he says and i quote it's something approaching the boundary of physically of physical possibility the way it's bending and bowing out he's like the door metal shouldn't do that and there's always the talk of like energy and how much energy it takes for like ghosts or spirits to move things Yeah, and I want to know what was powerful enough to bend metal that way because there was a time when Blake and Joey went down together because they know the buddy system is where it's at so they go to the, the basement and that is a good point though Dina like you were saying that, that it the takes energy. a lot of energy for yeah. a girl to make any sort of Noise, movement, whatever. Mm-hmm. So whatever it was that was moving metal like that, yeah, had to be something quite powerful. Yeah. Not only that, but when Blake and Joey go down to the basement, they see a black mass that's at e- at least seven feet in- tall, moving around the floor. No so way. No, and they ran out this up the stairs and out the building. And they're like, did we actually see that? Or are we like kind of like psyching ourselves up to see? Like if you say you see a shadow, you see it move type thing. Or like me with House of Wax seeing the murderer (laughs) in my bedroom. So they're like, let's go back in and see. So they went back down to the basement. And when they did, they saw it apparently hunched in the corner. No. Until it sensed them being there. And it rose slowly to its tall height and then rushed at them. Oh, my God. That is so scary. (laughs) And before they ran away, they noticed that where the face should be, it was just an unending void of darkness. No. So, Blake Clark, ending on him, good old Blake, he had one last experience in the basement He went down there once again, checking out a noise he had heard, and it is said a piece of dark paper or black paper just appeared and began floating down towards him, touching his hand as it went towards the floor. Obviously, like being like, what is this? He picks it up, picks the paper, turns it over to see what it is, and written on the paper was one word, his name. Dana. That, he said, okay, message received loud and clear. And that was the last time he went into that basement. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> and Good for that, him.
0: And that is the last story I have for you. Because that was a lot of stories about the comedy store. And there are still comedians talking about the comedy store and more than just shenanigans that are going on. They're talking about like what has happened. A lot of people are like, oh yeah comedian goes to the comedy store and sees a ghost there's like podcasts that talk about it there is a documentary about the comedy store that i want to see i think it's on showtime or hulu it's like a four-part documentary i want to see if it talks about some more things too it like talks about all the years mm-hmm. what i've gone on even like would last, you visit would i visit yeah would you go for the last or for the or for the chills i might go when it's like open for like a comedy show show i don't know if i'd go to like purposely seek out yeah uh, but you're not afraid to go in for like a comedy show no i go in for a comedy show uh, okay but like even like leslie jones she was saying she poured there a lot and one day she was there really late and she's like i've never been here like when it's like closed and she goes and she's like she's like i was like in a podcast she's like i was high i spoke to joy in my car she was all of a sudden though i feel this push and she's like there's no other way to describe this push and someone being like hey and she's like huh and then she's like i don't mess around with things like that and then all of a sudden she has another like stronger push okay message received i'm out of here oh my god We closed up go it's our time now you know yeah would you go i would visit sure why not would you would you go at night with who oh by yourself not by myself you locked in you got locked in well i don't have a choice then do i no you don't what are you gonna do i would find the place a place closest to like light Mm, lights are all out well you know when you said that i had already assumed that the lights were all out So when I said a place closest to light, I was thinking like a door with, you know, like a window. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Tap, tap, tap. Well, you know, it is what it is. It's it's notorious for the laughs, the mob, and the haunts. And I feel like it's such a cultural spot that I feel I would want to go just to go. Like for both the historical aspects of it. The comedic, the comedic aspects of it and also the haunting aspects of it. Oh, yeah. It's like, so fun. I feel like that one isn't... I, as long as I don't go to the basement, I feel like I'd have more of an enjoyable experiment, experience. Yeah. And you know where you can go, Daryl, you should have a really fun experience as well to visit us on Instagram and Twitter at Scary Sisters Pod. I'm going to be honest, we're mainly on Instagram because we know and love that one so well. Twitter honestly or... just go to Instagram <laughs> That's where we are Twitter or whatever exit is I don't know that I don't have time for that as much so if you're there we might pop in once in a blue moon which is this month of August there's a blue moon but and by by we she means she because <laughs> I do not even know anything about Twitter or whatever it's called nowadays <laughs> but we have time to chat and answer questions and concerns on Instagram or share stories there also on our email, which is scary sisters pod at gmail.com. So as always, thank you for sticking around and listening to this because we love it. We appreciate you. And until next time, Megan, stay safe. Stay spooky. We love you. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> you like it? I loved it. It's him. It's him. That's so scary. That is so scary. Right? Did you just pull out a candle? I did. You had a candle going? Yeah. Why? I like it. You're conjuring up some spirits? Shut the fuck up. (laughs)